Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Last week, we opened up to the book of Jeremiah 51 that says, The Lord has vindicated us. Come, let us tell in Zion what God has done. Rob brought a word about sharing good news stories, God news stories. Come, let us tell. This morning, 1 Samuel chapter 9 says this, If anyone used to inquire of the Lord, they would say, Come, let us go to the seer, because the prophet of that time was called a seer, and Saul said, Well, come, let us go. Come, let us go. Ladies and gentlemen, to explain and a powerful truth from this verse today. Why don't you put your hands together for Jay, and she's going to share with us. Hello. This is cool. This is a good topic. I'm loving this series. Who else is loving this series? Alex mentioned it before, and she's not in the room because she's gone out to kids' church. Um, but she mentioned my book, and um, this isn't a shameless plug, but it is. No, the last chapter in my book is, um, okay, so my book is about learning who you are in God. It's about knowing the identity that he has created uh, and seeing it through the different aspects and the different pictures of God so that you can understand the plan that he has for you here on earth. Okay, an eternal plan, but it is established here on earth. And the final chapter brings about a summary where we look at the picture of the rainbow. And the rainbow talks about, like Chad said earlier, the promises of God. And I believe when we see a rainbow, we can be reminded of the promises that God has for our lives. But more than that, I talk about, you know, we were never placed on this earth just to live as individuals. We were never placed on this earth to have a plan and a purpose that involved nobody else. We were always, right from the very beginning, born into family. We were always created to do life with other people and we were always created to do life together. And, um, and so that's what the picture of the rainbow is to me. It's a reminder that, yes, God has promises for my life, but more than that, he has promises for our lives in our togetherness and that's what makes it beautiful and that's what God looks down and sees when he sees the bride of Christ. In Genesis, it says that we were made in the very image and likeness of God, male and female. But that's not me individually. That's all of God's creation from generations past and generations to come. In our togetherness, we reveal the fullness of the magnificence of who God is. And so this series of Come, Let Us, I find really encouraging because I want to do life in togetherness. Who's in agreement with me? Let's pray together. Jesus, over my heart, over my life, over my ears, over my mind this morning, and over everybody in this room and everybody listening, I just pray that you will come and reveal truths that so sit and deep and, and like seeds are planted within us that we never forget them. God, because every time we come together, you have something good to tell us. Every time we come together, you have a powerful seed to plant that will grow into amazing fruit. And this morning, I want to thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to have some fun this morning. Who likes fun? I like fun. 
Um, we are talking about Come Let Us this morning. And the, uh, the theme of my, my preach this morning is this, Come Let Us Listen. Come let us listen. Come let us hear the voice of God. And I've got a really encouraging message this morning because I really believe that all of us have the ability to hear the voice of God. And we all have the ability to share the voice of God. And I think that's a really, really good place to be. Now, I don't know about you, but as a mum, I like it when my kids don't just hear my voice, but they listen. What's the difference? Chad has a theory in our house that if you tell the kids three times, they will do as he says. What actually happens is the kids go, Mum, why does Dad always say things three times? It's so annoying. And I'm like, because he wants you to hear, because he wants you to respond. You know, we keep encouraging that with our kids and we're getting there. <laughs> but this isn't a parenting message this morning. I'll do that message in a few, maybe a decade. Anyway... <laughs> No, when it comes to our children, I don't know about yours, but we have a list of chores and those chores are written up on the back of a door and every given day, each of the children knows what their jobs are. On top of that, quite often they'll hear my voice tell them the jobs as well and so their response to both of those things is to listen. You know, I think quite often that's the same with God, isn't it? We don't always hear his voice because sometimes he's written things down and he just wants us to respond. That's a little bit for free. But I have a game to start with because you guys are too quiet and you know how much I love everyone being quiet. Not at all. So I require a response because listening is all about responding. This is the most simple game in history, all right? None of you can fail, I promise. All that's going to happen is this. I'm going to play you a sound, and the first person who jumps up is going to tell me what they would do in response, all right? Super easy. When you jump up, Chad's going to put the microphone in front of your face. Don't be scared. We're friendly people here, and you will get a reward, okay? Are you ready? The most simple game in history. Is this first mic thing, on? First thing that comes to your mind or what you do in response? Uh, first thing that comes to mind that you would do in response. <laughs> Where's the speaker on my computer? Say it three times. Open the door. I'll go, and, I'll go and open the door, mate. <laughs> Whoa! We had someone with a mic in the midst. Where does Taking that sound advantage. Come from? Who Give got that chocolate? Where's my chocolate? Okay, there's two chocolates, babe. Carol, All right. You do? Doorbell. Where did you get that microphone from? Open the door. You musos, honestly. Okay. Is this not the easiest game? Okay, you can get a bit louder. You ready? Oh. You've got to stand up, though. Run. <laughs> I'm well practiced with this one. I roll over and go back to sleep. Hey! <laughs> 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 it's fair, fair response. <laughs> Didn't hear a thing. I didn't do it. <laughs> I 
you harder. Liz, up the back. It sounds like my heartbeat that I had a test the other day. It was beep, 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 beep. <laughs> what right. was that? Well, hang on. Let's, let's try one more time. Come on, you guys. You use this every day. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. God, you guys are waking me up. Darn, I did the bread too long again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a microwave. I'm not sure what Mao's doing with bread in the microwave, but that's okay, that's okay. Good response. No response is a bad response. Alarm coke. Alarm coke. So what, what do you do? Wake up. Off. Turn it off, yeah, press snooze. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this one more time, see if anyone else of the elder generation picks it up. <laughs> Let Jeff answer it. <laughs> if it was in my home, I would have just let it keep ringing. If that Dad, I love answering phones, don't I? <laughs> in our home, if that happened after 8pm, Mum would say, who's dead? <laughs> That's fair. How easy was that? It's so easy. And I played that game on purpose because I really am a great believer that that is how simple it is to hear the voice of God. You know, right from the very beginning, right from the very moment that we get saved, we have opportunity to hear the voice of God. And I think sometimes as we grow older, we want it to be more spiritual and more supernatural. And so sometimes we cut out the very natural sounds of God. But I feel like he wants to just pull us right back this morning and just bring a revelation of how easy it is to hear his voice. Because he is regularly speaking to us and he wants us to respond accordingly. Listening is all about hearing and responding. Hearing and responding, hearing and responding. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a good child of God. Not good just to be good. I want to be a good child because I adore my Father in heaven. I love him. I don't have to do a thing for him to love me. But because I know his great love, I want to respond faithfully and accordingly. I want to talk about the ways that God speaks. So how does God speak? We heard lots of different sounds then. And, you know, God speaks in many different ways. God speaks in dreams. Who has dreams here? Who regularly has God dreams? You know, it is well worth writing down the dreams that you have from God and beginning to establish communication with him, asking questions about it, taking them back to scripture, so that he can really begin to communicate with you. Because God doesn't want to just communicate with you about your life in your dreams. He wants to communicate so much more, and he loves to establish that language with us. Some of us uh, hear from God in visions, now, that might be an open vision where you see like a movie screen in front of you. It might be like a daytime dream. Um, for me, I get something of an imagination. So I imagine a picture. And so sometimes you might hear me say, I saw uh, that this was happening, but really I'm imagining. I, 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 I think about it and then I can see the picture. And this is really cool. Imaginations, visions... These, these pictures are really great 
especially when you know the scriptures. You know, um, key to all of the ways that God speaks is our understanding of scripture. And so the more that we let that be planted within our lives, the greater our understanding of the words that he speaks. Imaginations, visions, these are great things to have. And it's good to build our language with God when it comes to these different um, pictures. Nature. Who speaks with God with nature? Who goes outside, spends time by the sea and can just hear the voice of God? Who walks on the grass with bare feet and can just feel the presence of God? You know, when you read the scriptures, there is so much about nature, about birds. You've never heard me talk about them before. About uh, waters and the great waters, about trees, about roots, about the watering systems for nature, uh, about the skies, about the sun. Whatever you look at in nature is also talked about in the scriptures. And God speaks to us through nature. And it's good to have your ears open to hear that. God speaks to us through pictures. So I have a running dialect with God when it comes to certain pictures. When I see the picture of a whale, I instantly know what God is talking to me about. You have to read my book to find out what that is. No, no, no. When it comes to the picture of a whale, uh, that's a language God and I have developed and it just talks about the all-consuming love of God. You know, whales breathe in water and they blow out water and that's what I want to be for God. I want to be someone who breathes in his love and blows out his love and it's never ending. I am always covered by his presence, by his goodness. And so the picture of a whale stands out to me for that reason. Many of you know that the picture of a bird stands out for me because it speaks of the freedom of the cross. It speaks of me flying and soaring into the heavenly places, but then being able to rest back down on earth and establish his presence here on earth. Pictures speak to each of us. And I don't know what kind of pictures God is speaking to you and into your life, but I want you to know today that they are important, that they are valuable, and that God is wanting to develop them. So all of you feel like now you hear God in some way. So all of you feel like you hear the voice of God. Numbers. I know that there's a few that get numbers regularly. Um, and some of those numbers help them to establish good decisions. So numbers are a great way that we can hear from God. Sometimes when we get numbers, it's, we need to look up scriptures and find out what God's trying to tell us in the scriptures. Sometimes it's just a confirmation of... Um, for us as a church, there's a certain number that comes in every now and then and we know, you know what, God's about to bless us. Uh, and generally it has to do with financial blessing. If you're a mathematical person, often God will speak to you through numbers. And I want to really encourage you today to learn that language. Learn it again through a basis of the scriptures. Through songs. Who, who sometimes just has one line of a song playing over and over in their mind. Yeah, I love those moments. You know, one of, the, um, the, one of the scriptures that God has spoken over my life came about because I heard a song when I was only super young. 
It was sung by my dad and that, that sound just resonates in my soul sometimes over and over again. And over the years, I've, I've just explored uh, the person that it was talking about in the scriptures and I've learnt more about it. And it has established such a beautiful relationship with me and God just out of a simple line of a song. Sometimes God does this with songs that are Christian, sometimes with non-Christian songs. And you know, if something is resonating over and over in your mind, I want you just to stop and listen. Because God is wanting to speak to you. Come, let us. One of the greatest people that, one of the greatest people, one of the greatest assets that God put in every one of our lives is others. And the beautiful thing I said before that each of us is created in the image of God, but it's not until we have the togetherness that the fullness of the picture of God is released. And God puts the right people around us in this moment that we can hear from him what he is needing to speak. It's important to continue to surround yourself with others. Others can reveal to you the part of the story of God that you're unable to see for yourself. And I believe God has created blind spots in our lives because we need space for others. There are some things we don't fully understand until somebody else says, have you thought about it from this angle? Togetherness is highly important when it comes to hearing the voice of God, especially when it comes to really major decisions. We don't want to become a people isolated and only hearing what we think but we want to become a people who hear the sound of those around us resonating, even when we don't agree with them. You know, I think one of the biggest dangers at the moment, and I was actually just reminded of it in worship, is, um, I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but with social media, we are surrounding ourselves with information that is more and more about what we like to hear. I think we're in a society where more than ever, we are just listening to the voices that we want to hear. And that's not a good place to be. It's actually a really dangerous place to be. I, I want us as a people to really get into the scriptures and be allowing that to just resonate over and over and over again in our lives so that when we hear what is happening in media, we can filter our lives through the scriptures. I want more and more us to be communicating with each other, not aggressively, not if you give your opinion, I'm going to slam, I'm going to get you, I'm going to whack you down. No, 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 with a graciousness to hear one another's opinions and then filter it through the scriptures. We're living in a world where there is information coming and it is dangerous because you, if you just gather with like-minded people, you just hear what your ears want to hear. I give an example of um, wellness, and I'm very much in the wellness community because of some of the studies I've done. And one of the greatest things that comes out of the wellness community is that I need to look after me. Now, that's a really important thing. You need to look after you. But that's a dangerous thing if looking after you is more important than looking after the community that you're in. If you always are the center of your world, that's a really dangerous place to be because. That's not who God created us to be. When he said rest, he said, come to me when you are weary. He didn't say, go just sit in the corner and do nothing. No, no, no. He said, come to me if you're tired. 
He said, come be in my presence. Come and spend time with me. Be still and know that I am God. The wellness, whatever, the wellness world has it right in that you need to come and you need to stop and you need to be still. But then you need to be still in the presence of God. You know, in everything we do, we need to see the truths and then we need to establish them with biblical principles. This feels like it's gotten really heavy. I don't want to get really heavy, but I really want us to hear today that each and every one of us, I've just listed a whole heap of ways that God speaks. And if you want the Bible verses that you can go back to, um, I'm more than happy to give them to you. But I want each of us to know that God speaks into our lives and he speaks through our lives. And I want us to understand how important it is to do it through the filter of Scripture. And so with that, I'm going to read 1 Samuel 9. Are we good? Do I need to play another sound game? No. So good. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today. 1 Samuel 9 says this. You know, I could have done this as well out of a chapter in the New Testament or the Old Testament, but... I really, this, this story is just beautiful, so we're going to go with this today. There was a wealthy, influential man named Kish from the tribe of Benjamin. I don't know who out there is pregnant, but Kish. I haven't heard that name before. It's kind of cool. I'm not having any more kids, so someone else is going to have to use it. Verse 2, his son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel, head and shoulders than anyone else in the land. Does anyone else find that a weird scripture to put in here? One day, Kish's donkeys strayed away and he told Saul, take a servant with you and go and look for the donkeys. So Saul took one of the servants and travelled through the city, country of Ephraim, the land of Shalisha, the Shalim area, and the entire land of Benjamin, but they couldn't find the donkeys anywhere. Why am I talking to you about donkeys? So fun. Verse 5, finally they entered the region of Zuf. And Saul said to his servants, let's go home. By now my father will be more worried about us than about our donkeys. But in the servants said, I just thought of something. There is a man of God who lives here in the town. He is held in high honor by all the people because everything he says comes true. Let's go and find him. Perhaps he can tell us which way to go. But we don't have anything to offer him, Saul replied. Even our food is gone and we don't have a thing to give him. Well, the servant said, I have one small silver piece. We can at least offer it to the man of God and see what happens. Verse 9, in those days, if people wanted a message from God, they would say, let's go and ask the seer. The prophets used to be called seers. All right, Saul agreed, let's try it. So they started into town where the man of God lived. And as they were climbing the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water. So Saul And his servant asked, is the seer here today? Yes, they replied, stay right on this road. He's at the town gates. He has just arrived to take part in a public sacrifice up at the place of worship. Hurry and catch him before he goes there to eat. The guests won't begin eating until he arrives to bless the food. So they entered the town and as they passed through the gates, Samuel was coming out towards them to go up to the place of worship. In verse 15, now the Lord had told Samuel the previous day about the time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him 
to be the leader of my people Israel. He will rescue them from the Philistines, for I have looked down on my people in mercy and have heard their cry. I don't know about you, but I'm really confused right at this moment because Saul is looking for his father's donkeys. But the message that Samuel has for him is far different to that. In verse 17, it says, When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, That's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. This is rather intense. He was just looking for donkeys. Verse 18, Just then Saul approached Samuel at the gateway and asked, Can you please tell me where the seer's house is? And verse 19, I am the seer. Samuel replied, Go up to the place of worship ahead of me. We will eat there together. And in the morning, I'll tell you what you want to know and send you on your way. He's going to make him sleep overnight before he tells him what's going on. Oh, hang on a minute. And don't worry about those donkeys that were lost three days ago, for they have been found. And I am here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of all Israel's hopes. Now, that's a big chunk of scripture, I know, and I haven't finished yet. But, um, you know, I just, as I was reading this, I just felt God say, who had the message for Saul? I hope some of you have picked up on it by now. Uh, I don't know who knows the Bible and how well you know the Bible, but uh, Saul is obviously going to be crowned in the future King Saul. And Samuel is... Hannah's son. Do we remember the story of Hannah? Hannah was married to a man who was also married to another woman, and the other woman kept having babies. Hannah didn't. And so one day, Hannah was at the, um, at the temple. That's what they used to do in the Old Testament, go to the temple, and she was like crying out, God, I want a child, I want a child, I want a child. And if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. And that is exactly what Hannah did. When the child was of age, she released him into the temple and he learned how to hear God's voice. And then you know the story where uh, he's the one who's asleep and he hears a voice and he goes to the, uh, the priest and the priest is like, no, 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 it's not me. And he does this three times and then finally the priest says, listen, I think you're hearing God. Do you know that we all get that opportunity? Do you know we all get that opportunity to hear God and to ask the question and to hear God and ask the question? God gives us that opportunity to grow just like Samuel did. And it's really easy to look at this story of Samuel and go, oh, he's the cool one. He's the big wig. He gets to speak the words of God into this story. And yet as I looked at it, I actually started to see something else. As I looked at this story, I started to see that Saul's father, Kish, played an important role in this story when he just faithfully did as a father does and says, you know, the donkeys that are a part of our business, they've gone missing, so son, can you help me and go get them? Kish didn't know that he was a part of God's plan, but he was just faithful in his words and he said, son, can you do this? A very natural, normal thing to do. As Saul is walking along with his servant, who I believe would probably have been his friend as well, he probably spent a lot of time with this servant. He says to him, I want to go back. My dad will be worried, which may have been a little bit true, but probably it was more that he was just tired and I just want to go back to my dad. I just want to go home. I'm hungry. 
like they haven't got anything left. Remember, they've got nothing to give the seers, so they probably haven't got a lot of food left. And yet he trusts the voice of the servant when the servant says, hey, I've heard about a seer, let's try him out. The father and the servant both point Saul in the right direction. You know, that servant would have heard about the seer because of the people in the town and in the community. Those voices in the community who talked about the seer would have uh, made it possible for the servant to overhear. And so he had wisdom to know, maybe I point Saul in that direction. I'm going to go back to verse 11. In verse 11, we see that there are women drawing water. And Saul asks, is the seer here today? And how do the women respond? Yes, he is. And this is what you are to do. When Saul goes and he meets Samuel, he takes him for a meal. Verse 22, I'm going to read from there. Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and placed them at the head of the table, honouring them above the 30 special guests. Samuel then instructed the cook to bring Saul the finest cut of meat, the piece that had been set aside for the guests of honour. So the cook brought in the meat and placed it before Saul. Go ahead and eat it, Samuel said. I was saving it for you even, though, even before I invited the others. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. Even before God tries to reveal a word to Saul, he knows that he has to fill up this boy's tummy. He's been walking for three days. When, this, when, the, when they came down from the place of worship and returned to town, Samuel took Saul up to the roof of the house and prepared a bed for him there. At daybreak the next morning, Samuel called to Saul, Get up, it's time you are on your way. So Saul got ready and he and Samuel left the house together. When they reached the edge of the town, Samuel told Saul to send his servant on ahead and the servant was gone. Samuel said, stay here for I have received a special message from God. It is after that in chapter 10 that Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I'm doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be ruler over Israel, his special possession. When you leave me today, you will see two men beside Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. They will tell you that the donkeys have been found and that your father has stopped worrying about them and is now worried about you. Have you seen my son? When you get to the Oak of Tabor, you will see three men coming towards you on their way to worship God at Bethel. One will bring three young goats, another will have three loaves of bread, and the third will be carrying a wineskin full of wine. They will greet you and offer you two of the loaves which you are to accept. And then it goes on to say in verse 6, At that time the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. There are so many elements in this story to God having um, a contact with Saul. There are so many different people that God spoke through. He spoke through the Father, you know, um, the most important person in this child's life, the father. He spoke through a servant, the lowliest of people. He spoke through the women at the well. And he spoke through this man who had dedicated his whole life to serving God, who 
I know that he's, you know, Samuel spoke into many other situations, but this was probably the most important decision he ever spoke into. His whole life was about changing the direction that Saul was headed in. His whole life was about changing the direction of a nation. You know, when it comes to fulfilling the promises of God, you may be a bit like a father, where you're just doing what you know how to do, just day by day by day by day. Sometimes it may not even feel super spiritual, but just keep doing it faithfully, because who knows the role that eternity is, the the hand that eternity is having in your everyday life. If you are like that servant, just continue doing it faithfully. Now, yesterday, I'm just cooking sausages. I'm just running about the place. It feels silly. It feels like you're doing nothing. But the reason that yesterday I was doing all those things, and I was, can I just, like, completely exhausted. I mean, I worked hard, and so did the others with me. But the reason I did that is because one day, many years ago, I stood upstairs and, and I was praying to God and I was crying out. I'm like, God, we have nothing for the children in this place. We have a huge building and we have nothing for our children. God, what do you want to do about that? What do we do about that? What can I, I've got five, I've got $100. What will you do with that? And all of a sudden I started seeing these massive big colored um, playground equipment. And I'm like, oh, gym equipment. Like that'll be super cool. You know, like big um, gymnastics kind of mats and and I just stood up there and I'm like thank you God that would be great and I went home and I googled it and I'm like $500 for one piece God one piece isn't much fun when we've got 20 children okay I'll sit on that a few weeks later I can't remember the exact time span but I remember the guys got together for a prayer meeting and uh, they didn't know what had happened in that upper room. And they were like, we just really feel like there's a breakthrough coming for our children. There's a breakthrough coming for our children. There's something coming for our children. A couple of days later, I was at the gym super early in the morning and I'm just on the rower there. And I remember there was a, a lady sitting next to me. And we'd had some conversations over the years. We didn't know each other very much. But she just looks at me. And at that time, I was training to be a personal trainer. And she goes... You've got like a kids' cafe at church, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, I do. We have a few toys and we come and have coffee together. And we did. We had like wooden trains and and we'd just come and have coffee together and we'd invite others in. And she goes, do you want to take on something more? And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And unbeknownst to me, there was a, a play group in the area and they weren't able to continue where they were anymore and they needed a change of plan. And so Chad and I started conversations and negotiations and before we knew it, we had a room full of equipment. We had a playgroup that has a generational history in this area and we were able to build something in this place that we could never afford. We were able to offer something in this place that really... We, we didn't go on anything except for these visions, except for these conversations that we'd have with God. And so when I'm running around crazy yesterday, because we do need an upgrade of the equipment, I'm like, this is worth it. God, you spoke. God, you're faithful. And I'm meeting families 
where um, some of them came when their kids were little and now they're like 10, 12. You know, it's been going for seven years, so they've grown up a lot. And I'm like, this is cool. We're having conversations again. Over the years, I've been able to touch base with many of them in the community. Some of them come and spend time at Bayside. Some of them just know that we're here for them. I don't know what the eternal plan is that God has. All I know is that when he speaks, we respond accordingly. And I don't know what God has spoken over your life. I don't know what God has spoken into. I don't know whether the seed is this big at the moment or whether you're walking in the fullness of the dream. But if you're getting tired and weary, I want you to be reminded of what God spoke. What did he initially say? Be reminded and refreshed and have friends around you who can keep firing into flaming. What's the word? (laughs) Fanning into flame what God has spoken over your life. I want to really encourage you this morning that you play an important role in the community. That God does speak to you and he wants to speak to you more. And he wants us to continue to grow in the scriptures. I just, as I was just preparing this message, uh, I don't know who, who knows, but I, I don't know what's been said exactly. I wasn't here last week. Um, but we're into the fourth week of Chad's uh, reading the Bible in chronological order. And you know, this year, we are doing this as a family. We've got Charlie working on graphics. We've got Jesse doing a certain amount. I'm doing a certain amount. Chad's doing a certain amount. And it's super fun just getting involved and just allowing others to be able to read the Word of God. Isn't that important? Isn't that really cool? I want to really encourage you. If you don't know how to read the Scriptures, jump on board with that challenge. It's really easy. Just go onto Chad's social media and you'll be able to find it. There's tutorials you can listen to. I listen to the Bible. When it comes to the challenge, I just put Bible Gateway onto speaker and I just listen to the Word of God. And then separately, I'm reading what I'm up to at the moment. I love asking God questions. You know, when if you read John 14, you'll see the disciples ask God questions all the time and they don't necessarily get the full answer. But God is a God who wants us to have this relationship with him where we're asking questions and he wants us to grow in our hearing and part of that is that two-way communication. I'm going to finish on this, otherwise I could just go all day. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That's the beautiful picture of God. He wants to tell us things we don't know. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Same, same, but different. <laughs> Let us be a people who trust that God speaks regularly. Let us be a people who are committed to learning how to listen to his voice. And let us learn to respond accordingly. And together, let us learn how to grow with him. I hope today, as you leave, as you listen to the sound of a doorbell, a baby cry, whatever sound you hear, 
And whatever way you respond, I want you to be reminded of the things that God's spoken over your life or today is speaking. The really simple things. Hey, I feel like that person in the corner needs a coffee. I'm going to go buy it and just give it to them. You don't have to say something spiritual with it. Sometimes we can just do that and it blesses somebody more than you'll ever know. Sometimes God will give you a word to speak. Sometimes he'll just give you an action. And sometimes it's just for you to journal, just for you to know him more. But no matter what, he's speaking. My question to you is, are you listening? Okay. Something I feel really important is about to happen for someone here. And you're about to hear God speak to you through a servant, maybe through a donkey. Jay said, asked me earlier, when, you're fini- when I'm finished, could you see if there's anyone here who needs to know Jesus for the first time? And because I'm a numbers guy and I hear God in numbers, I thought, what's the date today? 23rd, okay. So, it is the 23rd, right? Numbers guy. So Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is a really famous psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus explains that in a chapter in John, John chapter 10, where he says, I am the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus says, John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Imagine how closely Jesus and the Father know one another. And Jesus said, well, that's how my sheep know me. And then he says, I lay down my life for my sheep. He says in verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and I will have one flock and one shepherd. And I just felt earlier that there's someone here who today's a day you're going to hear the shepherd speak to you God's voice and it's time for you to say the Lord is my shepherd I've maybe visited this flock before I've walked into the sheep pen and there's all these other sheep here and they're all singing and they all sort of know the the voice of the shepherd but I feel like I'm a stranger a strange sheep maybe the black sheep you know But no, it's not that at all because we're all got dark spots. But most of us in this room have said at some point, the Lord, you are my shepherd, not just the shepherd, my shepherd. And I feel like today that someone needs to hear the voice of the shepherd say, yes, I'm calling you. Will you say yes to me? Will you say yes back? Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity now to hear that voice speak to your heart And if that's you today, if you've never said yes to Jesus to be my shepherd, I want you to do what Jay suggested before when we heard those sounds and just stand to your feet. And I'm not going to bring the microphone out to you. I'm not even going to give you a chocolate. But Jesus, the good shepherd, will give you eternal life. The greatest gift you could ever have to know the God of all eternity. And that is a gift that is on offer to you today 
If you've never accepted that gift, to know God in a real way, to be one of His kids, not just to know He is God, but to say, you are my God. Not just to know He is shepherd, but to be able to say on the 23rd day, the Lord is my shepherd. Everyone close their eyes. And if that today, I want to give you an opportunity to hear the voice of the shepherd and just ask him, is that me today? Do I need to say yes to the shepherd? Yes or no? If you are going to say yes today, you've never said yes to him before, but you just heard then him say yes to you. Why don't you stand to your feet? Everyone's eyes are closed. I'm going to see you and I'm going to pray with you. Stand to your feet now and say, I feel like I just heard the shepherd speak to my heart. Who is that today? Who is that that needs to hear his voice today? I've got one. We've got one. Someone heard his voice. Anyone else heard his voice today? Anyone? Beautiful. Would you just put your hand on your heart? Can you do that? Put your hand on your heart. Beautiful. We're all going to pray. Father, I thank you for speaking to a very, very precious person today that you know by name. Thank you for the invitation that today she says yes to. Thank you for calling. Thank you that we hear. Thank you for the gift of eternal life that is given today. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would make the reality of the eternal God so very real to this precious person. Jesus, be the good shepherd of this sheep. And we thank you that even if we don't feel it, you are doing a work in us, that you will finish what you have begun. And today you begin a beautiful, beautiful work in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Beautiful. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.